Welcome to the Fried Hartman Leadership Podcast from the Center for Excellence in Spiritual Leadership, the podcast dedicated to developing and encouraging spiritual leaders for the kingdom. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of our FHU Leadership Podcast. And I want to welcome back a second-time guest. In fact, he was on in Episode 3, uh, Wesley Hazel. And so, Wesley, it's great to have you with us for a second time. Good to be back, Josh. We are... Um, going through a great lectureship week here at Fried Hartman, and so I am spending some time with Wesley, and I, th- I told him, since he's in from Georgia, I said, let's do a couple podcasts together, and so these will be released a little later date, but we're so glad to have you on. And so in this episode, uh, Wes, I want to, well, first let me introduce you in case you haven't listened to the first podcast. Wes is the preacher at the Forest Park Church of Christ in Valdosta, Georgia, and uh, Wes uh, did his education here at Fried Hartman. Uh, from undergrad all the way up through the Master of Divinity, and then, because we didn't have a D-man then, he went right. to Southern uh, Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville and got a, a doctorate in, um, Bib- in what we're talking about. Biblical spirituality. Yeah, biblical spirituality. I was forgetting exactly what they called it, but I knew it was in this concept that we're talking about today. And so uh, we talked earlier about developing the spiritual life of the individual in Episode 3. Now in this episode, uh, Wes, I want us to talk about uh, thinking about family worship and the and specifically as church leaders and as fathers, how do we develop our and how do we lead our families in worship to God and what responsibilities do we have to take our faith into our homes and not just in the church building? Yeah, I mean, probably a great place to start for most people listening is to say exactly what family worship is. Uh, I mean, I think it's a fairly... It's terminology that's not really um, common amongst our brethren, but when you look historically, uh, this idea of family worship is used in literature over the last 2,000 years. Um, so we, we might think of family devotions, um, and basically what we're talking about is purposefully taking some part of your day out to lead your family in the praise of God and to put your focus upon God. And that can look a, a, lot, of, a lot of different ways, right? Um, if when you have small children at home versus when you have teenagers, I've been thinking a lot uh, here lately about what does that look like when we don't have any kids at home. Um, all of a sudden, do I do we not have family worship anymore? Well, I don't think that's a good idea, but it's definitely going to look different. Um, so when we talk about family worship, we're talking about each day of our life taking the opportunity to focus upon God, whether that's for five, ten, fifteen minutes, um, turn the TV off. Um, before you go to bed, while you're at the dinner table, sometimes maybe when you're going down the road uh, on on a trip, we're going to focus on God and the impact that that can have on you and on your family and on your overall spirituality. So uh, talk a little bit about what this looks like. Like, What are some things we can do in family worship, and how should we structure it? Yeah, I think probably the place to start is to say you don't want to make it too complicated. If it's complicated, you're not going to do it. You're certainly not going to do it consistently. Mm-hmm. I know several years ago I was at the Freed Lectures, and I was talking to an, another parent about these things, and uh, it was another guy I was in grad school with, and he made reference to me that he had almost finished writing their curriculum for their family worship, <laughs> which is not a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. But I just thought, if you have to write curriculum, most people are not going to participate in family worship. That that's they're going to say that's too hard. I can't do that. You know, maybe that's for preachers or that's not what family worship is. Mm-hmm. Family worship needs to be simple. And so, 
historically, and I can tell you what we've practiced in my family, uh, is trying to put three elements together, uh, that we read the scriptures, that we sing a song of praise, and that we pray together. That's really all it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you talk about reading the scriptures, I can vouch for my family that none of them want me to give a 45-minute lesson on the, on the indwelling with the Holy Spirit. They don't want that. And, then they, and honestly, they probably don't need that. But they do need to say, we're going to open up the Bible and we're going to read this. And right now we're looking at some psalms uh, in conjunction with some things we're doing at church, or we might be going through 1 Corinthians, or maybe if they're doing Bible Bowl for Elijah leaders, we might look at Hebrews, but very small sections. You're going to talk about the Scripture. You're going to maybe ask the question, give them an opportunity to ask that question. What happens a lot of times is that it, it opens up a space for them to ask questions about things even totally unrelated to, to what you're reading, but you're while we're talking about spiritual things, these things come up, and um, it, that has a way of going into probably unexpected directions. Um, we we tried to sing a song of praise, and um, I will I will honestly say that of the three things, that was probably the thing I was the most uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. um, not that I don't sing. I mean, if we come into a worship service, I mean, I'm I'm a decent song leader, mm -hmm. um, but we, I always say that there there are families that. You know, when their families get together, you're probably going to see the Facebook video, and they're going to be filming everybody singing, and the Hazels are never going to be doing that, okay? Uh, that, that's just not who we are. But because of that, I would say that when we sing, just the three of us or the four of us when my daughter was at home or, or when their grandparents were there, that the, they, they participate with this, um, it's very purposeful. I mean, it's very clear that the only reason that we are singing this song of praise, it's, it's not because we are, you know, going, taking it on the road. It's because we're trying to worship God. Um, and we use it to, to learn new songs and things, things of that nature, sometimes using YouTube to, you know, play, back, play the songs, and there's lots of resources like that. Um, sometimes um, I'm, my son's a great song leader, and one of the places he's learned to lead singing has been in our living room, right? And just going through, I don't know this song. Well, let's work on this song. Let's practice this song until we get it. Um, so we try to sing a song of praise together, and then we pray. And um, sometimes I'll lead that prayer for our family. Uh, sometimes we'll take turns um, praying. And, and people have uh, sometimes people have some differing feelings about whether women ought to pray in those situations. Um, of course, I mean I don't believe a woman has to teach her. I have authority over a man, so I wouldn't want to violate that. But I also wouldn't want to violate someone's conscience. So sometimes it depends on who's there. Mm -hmm. um, so we read, we sing, and we pray, and. It's also a great opportunity when you have people in your home to invite them to, well, would you like to do this with us? And for most people, it's a very strange concept because these things are reserved for the church building. And you begin to realize, no, these, this is a, God's intent is for these things to be in the home. Whatever happens in the church building, right? Even if your preacher is the great guy, uh, Josh Ketchum, right? I mean, that the responsibility is still in the home. And it, it, it's really a... A great opportunity, and I think it's a bonding. Um, it draws us closer together and draws us closer to God. Yes. So in our story, Wes, going back when we had young kids, of course, and a lot of this is, we'll talk a little bit in a moment about, depending upon the age of your children, how right. you go about doing this and things. But I, I go back to when we had uh, first started having kids. And, of course, when you're going through the baby years and toddler years, it's difficult. But somewhere along the line, when we, we have four children, and so there was some age gap there. But I think after we had about two, one time we were at Polishing the Pulpit, pulpit and 
my wife, Amanda, went to a lecture on this very subject about how to design, how to have family uh, devotionals. And she came back and she's like, we really, I want us to, to make an effort to, to do this. And so I want to give her the credit for really, you know, in pushing this, that this is something we need to do every day. And so we said it in our family that we do it every day except on Sunday and Wednesday because we're going to church on those days. And That's our habit also. Yeah. And, it, and, just, and usually Wednesday nights are late. It's just hard. And we tried through the years to make it very age-focused. And so we would use sometimes Bible cards, like little cards she got that had different subjects on them when the children were small, um, different books, um, subjects. And you can overlap this very well with whatever your congregation is doing. That's right. Bible bow. Last to leaders, you know, this time of year we're getting ready for lads so the kids can lead their songs, do their speeches, Absolutely. things like that. So you can incorporate this. And at first it's a little awkward. But then if you get into this and you say, we're just going to do that, it really loses that awkwardness, doesn't it? Well, and it creates a spiritual environment. Not only does it lose its awkwardness, it becomes an expectation. Yes. Because I can tell you that while it's my responsibility to lead spirits in, in my home, especially when the children were young, if we didn't do these things, it was my kids and my wife that were saying, aren't we going to do this? Yeah. And then I was like, well, yeah, 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 of course we're going to. <laughs> they, they, they help you to be what, what you want to be. Yeah. And sometimes it might be, if it's a real late night, it may just be just a prayer. That's right. Just a scripture. Um, and, and that's where I'd get to, there, there needs to be a lot of flexibility. I mean, th that common habit is read, sing, pray. Mm -hmm. But to understand, we're going to do something to put our focus on God. Yes. Because we, we, we put our focus on ball, we put our focus on television, we put our focus on school, we put our focus on so many things. We're going to do that. Are we going to focus on God, or are we waiting for next next Sunday for, for that to be something that we think about? And one thing I've found is that it also creates a space where you can talk about things that you want to talk to your kids about before they right. get out of your house, but you can be intentional about it. Right. And so, you know, some of the times where you have a little more time, you can say, all right, tonight I want to talk about what kind of spouse we want to look for. Mm -hmm. Or tonight I want to talk about um, the, the importance of some, you know, how we deal with friends or how we deal with people that aren't Christians or some things that you really want to talk about with your kids that may have come up throughout your life, uh, the life that you're living there with the kids, and they're all thinking about it. And those are common themes. You know, I think in a lot of homes, I think parents want to, they want to speak to their children about those things, but they don't find a space to do it. Mm -hmm. Like it would be it would be very strange in their home to actually start that conversation. And so they don't have it. But if you already have a space where, of course, we just talk about spiritual things, then, then it's, it's just this blessing. It becomes this natural thing that we can, we can do this. I, I, ask, I ask parents sometimes when I, I give seminars and stuff like this on family worship, but I, I like to ask, if you came home tonight and you told your children to turn the TV off, and you got out a songbook, and you opened up your Bible, and you said, we're going to read from the Bible, would your kids think that was weird? And I think it's a great question, mm -hmm. because I think in the majority of, of, even in our best homes, I think most kids would think it was weird. And, and I think that's, that's not what we want. I, I, want, I want that to be a natural thing, and, and whatever the family looks like, right, that, that this could be with raising small children, this is just going to be me and my wife. And one thing, I'm looking forward to the intimacy that, that this provides and even trying to already incorporate some of that into our marriage with no kids. But, but, but even I think about some of these concepts with young people that are engaged. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if you want something that's going to focus you upon God and not just focus you upon looking to each other at, uh, in, into each other's eyes and that lead to places you don't want to go, try worshiping God together. Yes. And, and set your marriage off in the right way. Yeah. Amen. And... 
resources. Now, our the congregation at Beacon, we're going through one word, which is there's numerous ones that the Jenkins Institute and others have done. Which, which makes it easy, right? Just pick it up and read it. That's easy. I mean, and so and that's one thing I've encouraged the families there. You got five devotionals uh, and one page devotionals. You read one of these per day, and then the sermon is uh, on the same topic on Sunday. And so, you know, encouraging people. And one of the hope of that program is to get them involved in actually doing family worship. Uh, and also videos. I, I'll throw a plug in here to Apologetics Press. But Apologetics Press has some wonderful videos for kids, for adults, on all kinds of subjects that they have made about five to ten minutes in length. And our family, it's special nights when they get to watch those. And and so, you know, do those, and that's easy. Well, I know when my son was going through uh, the Defenders program through Lives of Leaders, one of the things they had to do were read these Defenders books from Apologetics mm-hmm. Press and then watch these videos. And so we would use those on occasion for our family worship. Mm-hmm. And it was good for everyone to watch those things, not just him. And when you think about children especially, in terms of these things being fresh and they're being fun, that children respond to electronics in a great and in, in a very different way. So, so this idea that, okay, they're going to watch this video where they're going to, when our kids were little, they loved to read the Scripture off of their phone. So much more than they did out 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 of out of a paper Bible. Okay, I don't care what you read it from, right? That the point is, we're coming together and we're doing this. Um, the, I don't know a song. We were trying. I'm still trying to sing. Um, Only a holy God. I, I love I love that song, and I'm not a great song leader, but man, I get it on YouTube, and there's only a holy God, and we'll sing that all together. And one day I'll have the nerve actually lead that at church. But we're learning that together, or when we were learning oceans, right? Mm-hmm. These are. I don't know what I didn't sing that at church camp, but it's a great song to sing. And so, once again, you're just utilizing th- those resources that places like Apologetics Press, places like Focus Press. Um, I mean, the list kind of goes on and on of resources if you want that. Th- things that are Legos and cartoons and and even things that are serious, more serious. I mean, I, I I've thought recently about this. Of, I mean, how about you you get onto like. Um, uh, PTP 365 or the Fried Hartman lectures. I know a lot of those videos are out mm-hmm. there. What a, what a great thing to do as a family. Yes. You know, and that doesn't, that doesn't mean you got to spend four hours every night watching a sermon. But you know what? Every once in a while, it might be a good idea to sit your family down and listen to, to Dan Winkler talk about the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a powerful thing. Yeah, or you all could, you, if you have teenagers, give them an article or something to read. Yeah. Say, hey, we're going to talk about this tonight. Yeah, uh, and, and, and really, a lot of this would be, whatever your context is, why would you not do these things? The, there's a quote uh, from Charles Spurgeon, and he was talking about prayer in the home, but he wasn't just saying, Lord, thank you for the food. He was talking about having this time when your family approaches God. And he says, in homes where, where that doesn't take place, he says, it seems to me that that is a strange inconsistency. And, I, I mean, those words, a lot of times when I'm slack in these things, those words ring in my head. That is a strange inconsistency that, that I would claim that, that the Lord is the most important thing in my life, but yet we're not doing anything to focus on Him, like to carry out, to carry out Deuteronomy chapter 6, mm-hmm. right? When we rise up and we sit down, and it's not, it's not just about this one big moment. You know, I mean, I got my son with me, and he's, we're at the Fried Hartman Lectures. Okay, this is great, but so much more impactful than coming for three days is day after day after day after month after year. That's where the power's at. Mm-hmm. And, and to begin to see that in our homes, and, and I would go down another road, Josh, of the opportunity that this provides for men who want to be spiritual leaders in their homes, but they don't have a clue how to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and so they view spiritual leadership as, 
standing up on top of the chair and telling somebody they better do what they say because they're the head of the house. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason that they're doing that is because they, they, they know they're supposed to be the leaders, but they're lost. And this gives an opportunity, this gives an opportunity for them to, to actually tangibly lead their family spiritually. And you don't, you don't have to have an advanced degree to pick up, to pick up the book of Acts and read, and read a chapter, right? Or to, read a, to pick up Proverbs and read a verse. You don't, have, you don't have to have an advanced degree to say, uh, we're going to sing a common love together. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have an advanced degree to say, we're going to pray. Do you guys know anything we should be praying about? That, that these are things that every Christian ought to be able to do. And, and, and why they wouldn't, I think, is just because we, we have lived in this world that has regulated those things out of the home, and we've got to put them back into the home. You know, and I know it's not Bible, but to, to see how people have viewed these thoughts throughout the years... In the in the Westminster Confession of Faith, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting reading sometimes. But but it, what's interesting to me is that's a pres, it's a Presbyterian document mm-hmm. that they have an addendum in in their Confession of Faith that's all about family worship, and it's if if you go back and read it, it says that if you find a family that, that isn't participating in this, if you find a family that on some sort of a daily basis isn't pointing their family towards God, it says that you ought to go and rebuke that brother. And then it says, and, and if he does not respond, you should excommunicate him. Now, I know we don't, but basically they're suggesting that you should exercise church discipline if, if, if you see these things, because what, because what it's saying is if, when you don't have something like this, there's a breakdown in what the home's intended to be. Yes. And, and, and those, those things, I know that's not a binding thing, but it, just, it gets my attention about this is worth taking serious. Yes. Yes, and there's so many good ways to do this yeah. um, that— I was listening to a family, one of the young men that went with us down to Georgia, and we were riding back, and they were, these young men were impressive, and they had started, it was started a um, Bible reading program, and they were reading through the New Testament, a part of connection with their social club, and, and one of them was talking about how growing up, his family would read extended passages of Scripture and would read through the New Testament together as they were teenagers, and it's a it's a way they learned how to publicly read, and it's a way they learned how to go through the scripture and then talk about it together. So it can be short readings, it can be longer readings. That's right. But but we're not talking about having a sermon. That's we're talking exa- exactly. about reading scripture together. Well, we're just trying to focus on God. Yeah. I, I mean, th- there have been times that it's been it's been we're going to practice our lads to leader speeches. Yeah. We're, I mean, because doesn't matter. We're trying to focus on God and something to put, put the world aside for a minute and let's focus on God. And whatever that looks like is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's how you lead your family spiritually. Um, but it's a serious thing. You know, I, I hear a lot of people talking about family devotions and things like that, which are fine. A lot of times I'll even use that terminology because people understand it more. Mm-hmm. But I like, I like the term family worship, um, not just because of its historical significance, but for me it, it gives, and this is Wes, not Bible, but for me it gives a sense of formality mm-hmm. that this is important. This, this is serious. This isn't a, you know, we'll go play with the kids. No, this is about a lifetime of of seeking out God in in our lives and trying to be consistent in those things. And you're not always going to be consistent. And honestly, when we first started, I probably had the ideas that this was going to, you know, I'm going to sit there as the father and my children are going to come sit at my feet and look longingly into my eyes. And and I still wish that that would happen. Um, that I mean, it's been going on like 18 years and that ain't happened yet. Um, and when you have little kids, they're going to they're gonna act up and have to get in trouble. And I... I it's not going to be perfect. The point is focusing on God. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that I'm going to throw Deacons here with us, and I'm going to throw his mic on here for a minute. 
Uh, Deacon, so so when are you um, looking into your father's eyes like that? I mean, I mean, what, when when is that happening for you? Uh, well, that's that's a never. <laughs> that's, that's a never. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> we had our sound effect going there. Uh, yeah. So, but give me a little perspective from a from a son uh, perspective. Uh, looking back, you're a senior in high school now. Uh, what are what are the impact do you think upon your life and upon your sister's life through seeing this intentionally lived out by your parents? Uh, well, I mean, for a lot of people they talk about family worship as if it's this thing that they need to start doing, and you know, they need to try almost as if like we treat our Bible reading most of the time, where you know we struggle with it and it's something hard. But for me, it's almost like an expectation. I mean, I've done it every day for the past 18 years. So now when I have my family eventually, it's not going to be we need to try to do this as we are going to do this because that's exactly what we've always done. Mm-hmm. So it's not awkward for you? Like when you all no. sit down, it's not, this is not awkward. This is just what we do. Uh, yeah, no, it's not awkward at all. Mm-hmm. It's like coming to Sunday worship. What are some of the favorite exp- experiences that you've had with it? Um, I always remember, but I mentioned this earlier, getting to learn how to do song lending was definitely a proponent of family worship and especially when I was little I always wanted to stand on stage as if it were a stage so I'd stand on the coffee table I was surprised that thing ever held me up but we've reinforced it we reinforced the coffee greatly t- <laughs> a few times uh, but standing on the coffee table and just leading singing as if it were a actual worship service was always something that I felt looking back on was pretty cool yeah, yeah. Uh, some other resources that I wanted to mention um, APN Media has some good videos and are pretty appropriate for kids and short. Uh, I say short, less than 10 minutes. Um, I mean, we mentioned Apology Express, but I would suggest The Wonders of Creation. They also have some on the universe that are all about the stars that are just really amazing. And another thing we did on Saturday nights for a long time is um, Brother Webster, through the Light Network, has a podcast on Ready to Worship. And he did that for years. Wade Webster. Wade Webster, yes. And uh, Wade Webster has it's called Ready to Worship, and we would listen to that on Saturday nights. And we would listen to him uh, read it. And, of course, it also has the transcript. Sometimes I would read it. But that was always good on Saturday nights to kind of set our mind for worship on Sunday. Yeah. So you can also kind of develop a pattern here of what you do so that there's some variety. That's right. And, and variety, just like most things in life, are important. Mm-hmm. I mean, but we're not talking about biblical conscrip- conscription in terms of exactly what you do. No. Right? But every... Whether you're talking about Deuteronomy 6 or Psalm 78 or Ephesians 5, the point is you're supposed to be leading your family. And it's great that you take them to church. That's wonderful and powerful as a husband, as a father. But but I have to believe all those verses are about more than just showing up and sitting in a pew beside them. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe that there's impact that comes from these things that, that come from, you know, even what I like what Deacon was saying because what this is really about is about passing your faith on from one generation to the next, right? This idea that, okay, I'm teaching him because he's going to teach my grandchildren. And if I haven't taught him, he's not. Yes. So so I'm I'm concerned about, um, I'm rooting, Wes Hazel Jr.? I mean, if I'm nice to his future wife, maybe. But 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 that's that's really that big picture. And when you read, when you read passages like Deuteronomy 6 and Psalm 78, the idea is that the church is designed to be a multi-institutional passer on of faith. Mm-hmm. The family is designed to be a multi-generational passer on of faith. And we need to embrace that. And I think, Deacon, some of my favorite parts of family worship have been when your grandparents are there and, you know, and, and his grandpa can, can lead us in family worship. Uh, he can, he can read, read from the text. So you understand this is not just mom and dad. This is just what our family does. 
Well, and I think I think Wes, it puts on a for kids, it puts on the reality that this is real. That's right. This isn't just something we hear from the pulpit. It's not just hear, something we hear the elders saying. This is a real. So it lowers this from what we hear to what we do, and that gap that often exists there in, in preacher talk from this is what the preacher says, but this is the way we actually live. And this is saying, no, this is what dad, this is what mom believes too, and this is what we're doing to live out that and talking about real issues. And as, and as things come in life, life is, you know, kids are going to have questions. And when things happen in your world, when things happen in your family, this gives you an opportunity to talk about them, to talk spiritually about them, and to not be afraid of discussing these sometimes challenging issues for your family. Challenging, controversial. I think for me, my, when I kid, with my kids, especially a lot more, there's things I just want them to know. Yeah. I just want to make sure you know this. And, it, and it's an opportunity to make sure that it's been said. Yeah. And you mentioned before, I mean, I mean, Deacon, how many times have we talked about the kind of person you're, that you're supposed to marry? All the time. Right, all the time. <laughs> it's like, I know, but, but I want to make sure they get it. Yeah, and right? pray about it. And pray about it. And, and when we talk about, I'll see, I'll see someone involving themselves with the friends that they choose. And, and even, I mean, Deacon's going to Free Hartman next year, and I've seen people at Free Hartman who have gotten in with the wrong friends. Mm-hmm. And so it's a context say, okay, well, we need to think about how we're evaluating just because they go to church. That doesn't mean that you're mean, or, but, mm-hmm. but to understand... If you're going to be influenced by those people, you need to make good choices about those things. And so it's an environment where I'm not just sitting back saying, well, I really hope they figure this out. And then, no, we're, we're going to talk about it. And it gives them opportunities to ask questions and to think about this. And you can, you can laugh through, throughout this process. You can enjoy this process because what you're really doing is you're sharing your faith. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and even, I mean, sometimes even in our family, Deacon will lead us in our family worship. I mean, especially in the singing, he's a better songwriter than I am. But even on 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 occasion, I'll say, "Okay, why don't you do family worship tonight?" Mm-hmm. And it was pretty cool. A couple of years ago, when you start seeing this happening, uh, Shelly and I had went out of town. It was just he and his sister at home, mm-hmm. and I told him, I said, he was probably like 15, and I told him, I said, "Okay, you make sure that you guys do family worship tonight." <laughs> it was, and I wish I could have been there for him and his sister doing family worship together. But like, yeah, that's exactly what you're what you're trying to get to, right? Yes. Where they, I'm just passing this on from one generation to the next. That's, that's, I love that analogy. We we haven't done as well at the singing part because I'm not a very good song leader, but I have some good song leaders. Yeah. And the kid, the boys are doing good, and Amanda's a great. Um, Amanda and Brooke are both very good at singing, and so we do that some, especially when we have worshipped at home, yeah. like for live streams and stuff. But I love the component of singing too. Uh well, well, I, I'm just going to tell you, and if, if people are listening and they're hesitant to do that in their home because it felt weird to me, because mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't do that. Especially but, you have a smaller family than us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I don't even know what parts we have. Um, they put me. They said I didn't have a part once when I tried out in college. But anyway, different story. But it's in that moment that it becomes, it's just so much more purposeful. Like the only reason I'm singing is to praise God. Mm-hmm. It, and it becomes so obvious. And I don't know, maybe the worst singer you are, the more that's obvious. Um, I mean, but, but just to encourage people, don't be afraid of that, because it, it's the part that I, when we first started, I was the most fearful of. You mm-hmm. know, once you start getting out of the kiddie songs and the more yes. real work, that, but it's probably the part that I, I enjoy the most today. Yeah. And once again, as we uh, wrap all this up, we're not talking about something long. You know, these can be anywhere from three to five minutes to 15, 20 minutes, you know. You don't want it to be long. No, and you're going to be, have variety to it. Yeah. Some nights it's going to be shorter. Some nights it spurs conversation right. and discussion. You'll, and you'll know if it needs to be long. And sometimes, 
I mean, my wife has given me the look that you're doing a little too much here. Yeah. I, you know, I'm excited about my sermon on Sunday. And <laughs> it's like, and you're, you're doing that together. I mean, you're going to have those things um, in your house. And, but yeah, you, it's, it's, not, it's not a punishment, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's we're going to focus on these things together. So yeah, most of the time, it's, we're probably about five to 10 minutes yeah. at our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if it needs to go longer than that, you know it. Like there's things that come up and there's questions and, well, let's think about this. And, but yeah, you, you do not want it to be long. Yeah. I'll mention another resource. And then, uh, Wes, I want to ask you the question, what else you want to add? And then we're going to close this out. But another resource that we've used is uh, Lumo Project, which is L-U-M-O. And they have videos through the Gospel of John, I think the Gospel of Matthew as well. And to watch a, a small section, and they're all on YouTube. Uh, and you can, and it's just the scripture, and they have it acted out. Um, but you can watch that, and then you can discuss it. And so that gives you the scripture. It gives you a little visual thing. And then you can discuss it. So there's there's all kinds of resources out there, once yeah. again, that you can use. And you always have bi- the Bible. You always have prayer. And you can find a songbook. Like Absolutely. You, you can get some songbooks to bring uh, home. At most of your churches, they have old songbooks they mm-hmm. want to get rid of. Yes. Take, so, them to, take them to your house. Yeah. All right, Wes, anything you want to add as we close this out? Just the encouragement to try. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes into just like all the spiritual disciplines where you discipline yourself unto godliness. These things don't happen accidentally. The first time that you do these things, they are not a habit. It's going to be awkward. Your kids are going to say, what? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. But try. And be honest. I mean, I think I think to our to our fathers out there, to our husbands out there, set your family down and just, just tell them, I've... I've failed in these things, but I want to do better, and I, I, I want your support to to our to, to our ladies out there who can't even imagine their husbands doing these things. Speak to your husband and say, "I would love it. I would love it if you would just read the Bible with us at night." Mm-hmm. I mean, I, pro- I promise you, these things will be impactful on your family, and be respectful in the way that you do those things. But I, but you're just saying, I want you to lead. Yeah, and. And so that, that opportunity to really have a spiritually-minded home, uh, that, that this, this is a tool that will help you with that as God intended. It will be transformative for you. I believe so. It really will. I want to say once again we appreciate Wes and his son Deacon being here with us for these programs and uh, encourage you to listen to our other episodes on the FHU Leadership Podcast, and we look forward to future episodes in Season 3. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fried Harmon Leadership Podcast. For more great content and to see the services the Center for Excellence in Spiritual Leadership offers your local congregation, please visit www.supportingspiritualleadership.com. Until next time, remember, God uses ordinary people to lead His people into extraordinary feats. <laughs>